Good morning, Ball Watchers. We are back very, very quickly with you all for a LAFC preview. I don't know, Justin, if there's been a home game I'm, I've been more excited about than this game uh, on the calendar for this year. I mean, LAFC, they're defending MLS Cup champions. Obviously, this year's kind of been a little bit up and down for them, but what a great way to you know build your franchise and to have a great inaugural season and then to potentially be able to take down the the holders of the MLS Cup. I mean, it would be amazing. This is Ball Watching. Jake and Justin, we're back with you all again. Justin, how do you feel about this home fixture? I mean, it's, it's a cool one. It's a big, high-profile one. I'm extremely excited. I would say the only other game that I was looking forward to more was when Kansas City came for the first time. Yep. But now I will say now that that has come and gone, I am more excited for this home game than I am for the next uh, Sporting Kansas City game at home just because this one means so much more, and we'll get into it. Yeah, and you talk about like measuring sticks as well. Like how, This is one of those instances. I, I kind of felt similarly with Cincinnati as well. But I mean, this this for me, like if, if things continued on this trajectory for both of our teams, I mean, assuming things go well, this could be a potential rematch in the playoffs if things keep going down this pace. It could be like a Western Conference final, uh, which would be insane. So we're getting maybe a little bit of a preview. Back at City Park. As long as we lock this stuff up. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, okay, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Uh, But before we do that, uh, just a reminder for everyone listening in, City right now, uh, as we currently do this show, is sitting at fourth on MLS power rankings, which is one of the highest we've been in um, recently. Uh, still ESPN at five from last we saw here. Um, but LAFC is coming to town, and I don't think they care anything about these rankings. And quite frankly, neither do we. Um, we are putting the Houston game behind us for now, but taking all the positives that came out of that match and applying to LAFC, who, you know, quick history, literally quick, because they don't really have much going on for them in terms of historical. Uh, they began play in, in 2018. They're the defending supporter shield and MLS Cup champions from last year. So the most points and they won the MLS Cup. Uh, and they have an ownership group that just has so many celebrities on it. But uh, the likes of Magic Johnson, Will Ferrell, Mia Hamm, uh, and her husband, Nomar Garcia Parra, which I always forget that those two are, are, are married, which is crazy. Like, what a those kids have got to be freaks. Uh, do they even have kids? Do we yeah, know? They have kids. They have okay. kids. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they have kids. But, yes, I mean, the ownership group is awesome, and you expect that coming out of L.A. So um, no direct connections for us just with this team specifically on the team. But the one big thing that we have a connection for is Soul Juice. Shout-out to Luis. Been living out there, growing Soul Juice, um, and Roman Vessel. Shout-out to Big Dome Rome. Um, and just absolutely blowing up. Um, we have some exciting news, and that will probably drop this week, Jake, um, about Soul Juice with us. And you can get them online, 20% off at souljuice.com. You can get it at Deerberg's. This weather has been phenomenal. This is not just a your sports drink. You can drink it when you're hungover. I already had one this morning. Um, so not that I'm hungover. I just like the taste of the juice. Um, and then also the only other thing there, and the Rams moved to L.A. in 2016. Like, But we don't need to talk about that. The last thing I will say is I am extremely excited to get back to the pitch for this one, Jake. This is going to be a rowdy game, middle of the week. Don't care. Weather's phenomenal. I will be at the pitch drinking frozen Irish coffees. Eating some of that crab rangoon, it's phenomenal. Mm, good, good shout on the crab rangoon. Phenomenal. If anyone hasn't tried that yet, there's and lobster I in it. Oh, it's 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 incredible. It's so good. It's like it's it's elevated bar food, which I I love. Like it's it's nice, and it's not a huge menu either. Like they just do a couple of things, but they do them well, yes. uh, which I can definitely appreciate. Uh, but 
yes, Justin, this, this LAFC game, I, I just, I'm so excited for. And I like that it's on a Wednesday, actually. It kind of breaks up the week a little bit, which is nice. doesn't really eat into your weekend, uh, even though we, we are going to have another game on the weekend as well. So it's a it's a big week. It's a big week for the yeah, boys. What, what, else, what else are you doing on Wednesday? Get That's down true. to City Park. Get to the pitch. There's no football on. It's not like we're competing with the NFL on Monday, Thursday, college football Saturday, NFL Sunday. Wednesday is a perfect time for this game. I am extremely excited. You can't already tell. I mean, it's one versus two in the Western Conference. So yeah. it's quite a matchup. 2023 for us um, obviously has been you know pretty nice. Uh, but LAFC was not on the away leg of our fixture with them. Uh, we lost 3-0 on July 12th. And that sounds a lot worse than it actually was. We actually brought that game, if people remember, a very rotated team. We had Bartlett in. We had John Bell. Those two were our center backs. John Nelson was brought in from, from the cold, which was crazy. Uh, and he had that really cool shot. Remember that, Justin, where he was like 40 yards out on a volley, and that was like our best opportunity of the game. Um, but, you know, other other guys that didn't play, you know, remarkable minutes were Leuven and Aziel Jackson, who both subbed on and only played 20 minutes. So it was quite a different 11 than I think we were used to, and it was sandwiched right in between an away win in Toronto and then coming back home and defeating a messy-less Miami right before they got him. And I will say there was really highlights, lowlights, whatever. The first half was quiet. And then it really turned around in the second half, unfortunately. 70th minute and on. Wheels absolutely came off for us. Completely undone. Three goals um, starting from deep in LAFC's own half. And then they sprang quickly in the transition. They were absolutely ruthless. They had 1.19 XG for LAFC in the second half to our only one shot on target, which was that absolute ripper from Johnny, which I love to see. He even I literally went back and watched the recap after two and this morning, and he has like the biggest grin on like turning around. Like, yeah, that shot was tight. Um, and then, but otherwise, it was a pretty disappointing game overall. Yeah, it was. I remember Justin, when we had him on the show. We talked about like what his goals were for the season. And I think one of his goals was to score a goal. And so I texted him after I'm like, dude, you were that close. And that would have been a worldy of a goal. So um, shout out to John. I really hope J- John's doing well. We obviously haven't seen him in a while, but you know, who knows? Would love to maybe see if he gets a feature or two here in the final run in for the season. Um, but what's happened since then for LAFC? So since we played them, they were super solid in the League's Cup. They put up 13 goals in three games played. And so those are the two group games and they advanced out of their group into the round of 32 at the time, right? And then they lost to Monterey um, in the round of in that Those same round, round. it was a round of eight. So they, oh. so they got out of their group. Then they beat in the round of 32, took down a Mexico team seven to one. And then they beat Real Salt Lake four to nothing. And then lost to That's Monterey right. in the quarterfinals That's right. um, with eight yep. teams left uh, three to two there. So an extremely strong showing from them there. And it, it looks, I was like, oh boy, like they might go off and do an absolute tear on this. And I thought they were going to because obviously they 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 did obviously lose in the league's cup, got knocked out somewhat early, so they had some good rest, and they also made some transfers, uh, both in and out. And I really thought that they were just gearing up for a a juggernaut of a run. And I'm pretty sure I said that on our show as we were heading into the resumption of MLS play, and that has not been the case for LAFC. They lost three of four after the league's cup. Uh, and their only one win came against Colorado, who we know actually they're protesting right now, Cronky Sports Group, which is crazy. I don't know too much about that. Have you heard about that, Justin? Yes, I, they came out with a letter because now they are they're like I think they I'm going to get this number wrong. They're worth like 250 million, yep. while a new club is 500 million. So the the supporter group came out with a letter, and it literally caused a, an actual response from them in their group. Um, basically saying, like, how can a team that's not even existing yet be worth more than us? 
And did you uh, see what happened in their game last night or two nights ago or whatever it was? The their supporters, they absolutely walked out and they left these massive signs saying like the players, the fans, everybody deserves better. And I agree. Crocky's awful. And he's doing the absolute bare minimum with this team. Yeah, he is, which is really unfortunate. So I really do feel for the fans of Colorado, but they were the team that LAFC did beat. And then they most recently then played against uh, LA Galaxy and El Trafico, uh, one of the many installments of that this season. And they did defeat them 4-2. So they have put a foot right ahead of this game coming up against us, but they have us, then they have Philly, then they have RSL and Minnesota. So it's a tough stretch in for them as well i know we do as well so it's not like lafc is just going to walk their way up the score up the standings and really really challenge us very easily so they're going to need this game i really do think to push us to really really push us to the end here but i talked about transfers so i just want to do a quick uh, roundabout on lafc so it's kind of been a carousel uh they've had two out um a center back mamadou fall who's a 20 year old senegalese uh, professional uh was loaned to Barcelona, the Barcelona, um, which is crazy, through the end of next summer uh, with an option to buy. He's a massively talented and just a massive um, center back. Um, They wanted some depth there, so they actually did that loan. But I I imagine he will not be back with LAFC, at least not for the the short term. And then center center midfielder Jose Cifuentes, uh, who scored the final goal against us in our last game against them as a 24-year-old Ecuadorian, played in the World Cup. Uh, big talent, and he was transferred to Rangers in Scotland. So two high-profile outgoings for LAFC. And what do they do to circumvent that and bring in some new talent? Well, they went young and they went experienced. Um, on the experience side, they brought in a striker slash winger Mario Gonzalez, who's been lining up in the middle for them recently. Twenty-seven-year-old Spaniard joined from Braga uh, on a max kind of targeted allocation money deal, which is like what Berkey's on here. So he's not a DP, but he's getting paid quite handsomely. Um, and he was playing in the Portuguese top flight before that, as well as Belgium. And um, they brought in some other folks as well. Not as big name, but Philip Krastev, who's a 20, 21-year-old Bulgarian who was loaned from the Belgian second tier. And forward Christian Oliveira, um, who's a 20, 21-year-old Uruguayan uh, who joined from La Liga side Almeria. So they brought in some talent. No one that I think jaw-dropping but some young talent that I think should make them you know, more dangerous in the future. We'll see how they integrate for now. Yeah, I think it's important to know some of these transfers just with them coming into us and still being second in the West. 43 points. They are 12, 9, and 7 with a win-loss draw. Home record of 9, 3, and 3. Away record, 3, 5, and 4. I feel like that's pretty similar for some of these teams, especially Houston. They were 9, 2, and 2 when we just played them. And obviously, we're way better at home. It's very, it's a very common theme that you see in the MLS here. Their goals for is 44. That's ninth in the MLS. Their goals against is 34. That is also ninth in the MLS. And Jake, I was just trying to look real quick. I was more intrigued on how we are lining up with goals. We are now second in the MLS with goals um, for 56 for us. And our goals against is 38. And that leads us to be like top 10 for that as yeah. well. So it's going to be a fun matchup coming up. And more specifically um, on things for them, we can try to talk about some of these key results for them. Um, some of the stronger teams they played and other uh, impressive ones. So they had a 4 nothing win against the Revs all the way back in March. Looking a little closer this year, they beat Seattle at home one nothing, But then they lost to Houston, four to nothing and one to nothing in June, back to back games. And then they also lost to Miami three to one earlier this year uh, in September. That was with Messi and Co. So not surprising there. And then they just took down, like you said, LA Galaxy four to two in El Trafico with their most recent game, which I still think is one of the most hilarious names for a uh, sporting event is El Trafico. Yeah. And, and El Trafico is amazing. I, I really hope that we get 
a just you know equivalent and you know quirky and clever name uh, that we don't force it with the sporting KC thing. I think there's been some good ones rattled out there, but I kind of wanted to settle. Like that one came about really quickly because it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you live in LA, you live in the worst traffic. It's brutal. I, I've only been out there a couple of times, and I can already speak. It's it's disgustingly awful. And I I just I'm so glad we don't have that here in St. Louis. A little bit different market size. Uh, but let, let's talk about LAFC, Justin. What what do they need to do to squeeze into the playoffs here? Obviously not a squeeze, but We've always heard this narrative of they got to push St. Louis City. Can they do it? A lot of pundits said they could. What are they going to need to do? So that's the thing is we talk about magic numbers specifically for us, and we have not been having the best results recently. But the reason that our magic number is still staying strong for us and continuing to drop is because LAFC has not been doing it. So their magic number right now, they have 43 points, uh, 1.54 matches or points per match with six games remaining. So if they want to get home field advantage, they still need seven more points in those last six games. If they want to make round one, so bypass the wild card, they still need five points. And just to lock down the wild card, they still need two points. And so they their projected points for or, uh, rest of the season is nine. So looking at that, it's like they'll lock. They're likely just going to get into the round one, but to really get into that home field, they still need seven points out of these last games. Which, as you talked about, they have a tough schedule coming up, so it's definitely not going to be easy for them. It's not. I mean, we, we talked about it. It's still so tight below us i mean lafc down to san jose which is spots two through seven is three points right now that's a win i mean it's crazy so i I bet though that magic number for us and saint and uh, lafc depending on the outcome of our game will swing dramatically uh because i mean the the results directly influence where they're going to sit in playoffs but i do think lafc will lock up home, home field they i think they have the quality to do it, and they have not been playing well, but they've been squeezing by. Um, but how are they squeezing by? I think it's in the talents of a couple of key players for them. And you can't look much further than Denny Boanga. Uh, Denny is a left winger and striker for them. He's a 28-year-old 20, uh, professional from Gabon. Um, put that on a map. I could not locate it. Uh, joined LAFC in August of last year. He played four full seasons in Liga 1 uh, from France prior to that, most prominently for AS St. Etienne, uh, where he logged 26 goals, 13 assists in 96 games played. This season for LAFC, 14 goals, five assists. He's tied for the MLS, MLS lead in goals for so the Golden Boot. Most shots on target in the MLS, 38 of those and most carries in the penalty area. So he's he's a guy, very athletic, very dynamic. When you get him on the ball, he can carry that ball like a running back will. I mean, he just bulldozes down the field. So much speed, so much technical ability. He really is your all-around fantastic striker. I looked up where Gabon is on a world map, and so it is in the middle of Africa, just next to the Republic of Congo, right where like South America would flit in, fit mm-hmm. in right there. I'm a big Pangea guy. <laughs> so that's right where it would fit in right there. So is it is Pangea the right word? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, when the world was all one spot. So it's right there. I don't even know what their population is. That is a, just a ridiculously small spot. Yeah, but it is. I will say the next guy that we can talk about as I'm actually looking up the – there are 2.3 million people in Gabon. So I'm shocked that this guy is coming from here. And I'm also going to call him Dennis because that's such a loser name. And I feel like Denny sounds cool. So we're just going to disrespect him a little bit right there. <laughs> um Next guy, the other another guy that they are absolutely just a hell of a combo is Carlos Vela, 33-year-old Mexican, 149 goals, 86 assists, and 427 first-tier games. He played for Arsenal, West Brom, Real Sociedad, and LAFC. He's a 2019 MLS MVP with 19 goals and 9 assists um, and 72 Mexican uh, international caps. 
And then also this season, specifically for LAFC, he has nine goals and seven assists. He's their captain and their face of the franchise for sure. Um, and by far their leading chance creator. Yeah, amen. He, both those two together pair up for for some scary, scary times. Uh, and then finally rounded out with one of the more, I, I'd say not as known because he's in the back doing his job is Diego Palacios, who's their left back. He's 23-year-old Ecuadorian as well. Played professional in Ecuador's top tier prior to his season in the Netherlands. Uh, now worth about four mil, quickly becoming one of the better left backs or fullbacks in the league. He's got caps for the Ecuador's national team. He's only got one assist this season, but a lot of his work is off the stat sheet. Um, he has been their second highest rated player consistently this season, leading the team in tackles and interceptions. Other players on this team you might know of, Kellen Acosta, who plays right midfield or central midfield for them, uh, obviously a U.S. men's national team guy. Uh, Aaron Long, same story, he, but he and Giorgio Chiellini, who is a legend of the game, um, most notably, I'd say, from his time at Juventus, uh, those two, Aaron Long and Chiellini, are the center back pairing of choice currently for them. And they've proven to be quite effective. Um, you know, both, I'd say, on their older side and the slower side, so that gives you maybe a little bit of up and up if you're thinking about how City can get through. Um, but they have been pretty solid for LAFC and locking it down. This is absurd to me. I'm sorry. I am absolutely just going off on this uh, Pangea thing now. That that just like consonants just like absolutely floated away thousands of miles. Dude, That's I have no crazy. idea. You got to bring on a geophysicist to to explain Pangea. Maybe we'll do that for the next interview. Yes, absolutely. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about this a lot the rest of the day. Uh, but also, let's get back into it. So their style is Steve Trundolo is their head coach. He does a four three three. I got the numbers right this time, Jake. Um, so they do not play with 12 guys, like I said, on the last game for Houston. Um, they're, they have very strong possession um, with fast and hard counterpasses as well as soon as they lose the ball. And obviously they look to spring Carlos Vela, Dennis Bowanga. Um, They only conceded 38 goals in 2022, which is the second least with the ability to kind of sit in deep and, and kind of soak in the pressure, which we will absolutely be firing on back in St. Louis on Wednesday. Yeah, you wonder what they're going to throw at us here because they can play both games. They can play the high flying. They can also kind of wait uh, and see what we're going to do. If I'm them, I'd play the waiting game and see if we can break them down because they can hurt us for sure in transition. And they did three times in very quick succession, quick succession last game. Um, but otherwise, you know, like you said, Justin, this is a possession-based team. A lot like the Galaxy, super comfortable. Lots of short passes. They can connect very easily. They dictate um, the ball. And, and the, even the, the opposing opposition half, they take a ton of shots. They are not uh, very trigger-timid at all. And they do a lot of attempting through balls uh, with some of their dangerous attackers. So LAFC, trends, storylines, defending MLS Cup winners right now. Strengths, we talked about them. Counterattacks, they generate scoring chances. They're very good on attacking set pieces and protecting leads once they have them. Uh, and they play very aggressive. They're a high tackle team, kind of like us as well. Um, and they're number eight right now, as we see it in the MLS power rankings. But we're playing them at home. So how they look away. Away form has not been great for them recently. Uh, last five, loss, loss, draw, loss, loss. Um, so things look pretty good when you look at their away form. They only average one point per match uh, in away matches. They basically average a draw, which, by the way, is not awful. Um, and they have a negative six goal differential, which kind of makes sense when you look at that points per match. So you're looking at this. It'd be totally different if you were going to LAFC and playing them. I mean, the odds would be astronomical um, and, and really way tipped in LAFC's favor. But I think there's a unique opportunity here for City to get a what I would call a statement win if they are to defeat LAFC at home. 
I would say it's absolutely a statement win with them being second right behind us. This would this would lock us in for home field advantage. I'm uh, just not only from yeah. the magic number calculation. If we get 52 points and we leave them in second, which would be what like nine or ten points behind us, I think that would be massive. Yeah, it's it's so, it's curtains. It's curtains for LAFC. Yeah. Yes, no doubt. So I will say it's not going to be easy though. So looking at their offense, their xG of 1.88 per 90 is number one in the MLS. They average 1.57 goals per match. That's number nine. And we'll talk about all that when we get into the betting aspect of it because the over is absolutely juiced. Um, on their way for it, it does drop slightly. They have 1.64 XG. That's still number two in the MLS. And only 13 of their 44 goals for have come in their away games, which I love to see um, out of them. So when do those goals come? 25% of them come between the 76th and 90th. Absolutely hate that. With 18% of it coming from the 61st to 75th. Also absolutely hate that. Um, so they're scoring basically an average of once every 90 minutes on their way form as well. So, which is kind of surprising that the, then I, I guess is more specific that they're away, but they're yeah. still scoring a ton of goals, 39 of the 44 goals for inside of the 18 with five of them being headers and five outside of the 18, which I feel is actually like kind of one of the higher numbers uh, in the MLS. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of think so too. And, and to, to go back to the, the timing of the goals too, I mean, they, they hit all three of their goals in that same time range, the last 15 minutes, which just destroyed us last game. So let's hope to that have that not happen this time around. They're number two in shots on target generated in the MLS, number one in shots per 90. So this team is just generating lots of chances. They pull the trigger whenever they can. They're also very dangerous from free kicks. They lead the league in, in free kick shots direct. Um, they're top five in key passes passes into the final third and passes into the 18. So they do a lot of connecting, not overly direct. They build their way up through the opposition. Uh, they attempt a lot of through balls. They also have a lot of corner kicks, mostly coming from in swingers. So they really do look to challenge the goalie and make them make a decision whether to come out or not uh, and just create havoc in the box. They have a lot of their shot creating actions from fouls drawn. So set pieces as well as live passing. Like I said, they can just build up at will. Um, and then in terms of possession, they average just over 50%, so about 51% possession, uh, and they have you know a top five stat in progressive carries and passes, and I think, I think that just speaks up to their ability to drive up the field, connect passes, look for gaps and spaces with your opposition, and pick them apart and pick their moments. So LAFC is a very intentional team. They can play direct for sure, just like we can, but they also have the quality and the patience uh to possess and just look for those seams and fill them and then create really good goal scoring opportunities and then more specifically when they don't have the ball looking at their defending form their xga of 1.3 per 90 is fifth in the mls with a 1.2 goals against per game which is seventh in the mls both very strong and their away form it does drop a little bit uh their xga of 1.18 uh is ninth uh in mls 19 of their 34 goals against um have come when they're on the road as well and then this is an interesting one, Jake. So you hit 29% of their goals against come between the 16th and 30th minute. So I will now be looking at uh, what the odds are for us to score in the first half. They concede about every 62 minutes. That will be happening at least twice on Sunday, or sorry, on Wednesday as well. Um, and they are the eighth least shots on target against allowed loud MLS with 107 as well. So a very strong offense, but still a pretty sturdy defense. Yeah. Sneaky, like sneaky good defense. They they're a very aggressive team. They're the second most tackles below us in the MLS. There and those are spread out evenly across the attacking third, the middle third, the defensive third. Um, so they're very balanced in how they engage teams and where they draw their lines. Um, they also have blocked the sixth most amount of passes in the MLS. So they get in passing lanes. They look to disrupt uh, the buildup of opposition teams. Um, and they've allowed the uh, basically when you look at goalkeeping. 
they have a 32.1% clean sheet percentage, which is six. So pretty solid. But when you look at the individual goalkeeper, they've actually rotated a little bit recently because uh, McCarthy, who is their usual goalkeeper, has not been doing himself many, many favors. Uh, so they've been rotating him. And I think Crip Ho is this guy's name. Uh, but basically their post shot XG minus goals against are really a, an indicator of how well their goalkeepers are doing, keeping out very solid opportunities out of the net. They're minus 3.5, which I think is the lowest that we might have seen recently at late, maybe this season. Um, so maybe that stat really says they've allowed an additional three and a half goals over the course of the season than they were expected to. Uh, so goalkeeping, while defense is pretty solid, I would say goalkeeping is a potential weak point for LAFC that we could look to exploit, which pivots us very nicely into the keys of the game. How do we go about winning this? We're back at home, Justin. Tell the folks what it means to be at home for City. It's unreal. Not only the atmosphere, but obviously the boys get fired up and love playing at home. So when we're looking at how we play at home versus how they play away, we are 10-3-1 at home. Absolute just locking up dubs at home. While they are only 3-5-4 and four on the road, our last five home games are loss, win-win, win-win. So love to see those Ws on the board. Massive home field advantage us, more specifically in points per match, and a 31% increase as we get 2.21 points per match at home versus 1.20 on the road. LAFC's last five for them is a win, loss, 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 win. And then prior to the traffic go with the win, LAFC were significantly underperforming, I would say, in these last couple of games, which has allowed us to still just easily sit at the top of the table in the West. Yeah, and, yeah. and if, if we break it into offense and defense, how do we go about winning this game? Offensively, I, and I found some interesting things on both sides, but I, I from looking at them, I think LAFC can struggle to defend on counters and transitions. Um, so we're, I think for us, it's going to be really playing to our strengths. Let's play direct. When we have an opportunity, let's throw numbers forward very quickly. And that requires precision passes and lethal finishes. Um, I don't think their center backs can keep up with our guys, to be totally honest. So I, I think that is a good spot for us to be in. We have 37 goals for at home, which is insane. Let's ride that wave against this high output LAFC team. They've only conceded 19 goals against away, and that's second best. But let's see if we can change that narrative um, on, on Wednesday. So I think how we can do that, you got to start hot. And this is going to get me into my goal for, for this team offensively. We are the second best first half team in the league. We have not. We have yet to be losing at half this season. And yeah, I'm not going to wood for that, but let's use that for our advantage. LAFC's first half away form is number 24 in the MLS. So they're not a great team, both you know in the first half, but first half away especially. So let's use that. My goal for this team is to come out of that first half in a winning position. We know that they concede the most amount of goals. From the 20, what I say, 26 to 40th minute, basically in the first half, the middle part of the first half is when they're most likely to concede and they're most likely to score later on in the second half. So we have to take that first half and put their goalkeeper, whoever it is, if it's McCarthy or Crapo, whoever that is, you've got to challenge them, defend forward, generate chances and come out of that first half, hopefully ahead in the scoreline. I think it's that is a great goal to have, Jake. I don't think that we need to be in going into halftime up or tied. I think it has to be up. I think for this game specifically, knowing that how strong their offense is, we cannot let them have a glimmer of hope going into the second half. The only thing I will walk back real quick, our first game that we – last game against Houston was the first time that we were losing at half. But we still pulled out a tie there, so not too bad. I would say what do we need to do defensively as well is draw them offside. They do this a lot. Seventh most in the MLS, and you know that's because a lot of the through balls with Dennis – and Carlos Vela, and then also no jumping into challenges in the 18. LAFC has earned the most PKs in the MLS with seven. So we need to stay up on our feet, 
no dumb fouls. These guys are very tricky with their feet, specifically once they get into the box as well. And specifically, we need to manage Dennis Bawanga. Don't give him space to dribble or shoot. Where they have so many goals and shots just outside. You talked about it. I think they are one of the highest teams as far as distance per shot. It's Most of them are outside of the 18. Uh, I think they average like 19 yards with those shots. So one of those things is we seem to be extremely tight on our defense for this game. I love you keep calling him Dennis. I know it's on purpose. It's just killing me. Uh, that this that A good amount of disrespect is good. It's healthy. And I think for us, the last thing I want to say is I want you to come up with the goal here defensively, Justin. You're defense guy. You're defense first. But, but I'll give you some time for it. I want to say for us, for a team that can command as much as they do and that can possess so well and they can be patient, we need to pick our line of engagement. I don't think this is a game where we're, you know, pressing a ton of numbers upfield super high all the time like we did against Houston because LEFC posed such a threat in behind with their with their wingers and their attackers. And we saw that on display in our 3-0 loss. Um, so they can they can hurt you and they can hurt you quick, or they can make it painful and slow. So I just think we gotta pick our moments to set our line in a very, very smart way. And that that's gonna be on the coaching staff. I'm not here to tell you how to do that. I'm just saying that we've got to be intentional about that because they can hit you both ways. They're a very well-rounded team. So I really do hope that we're very, you know, intentional, like I said, in where we choose to place our back line. I will say the goal for me in this game is no goals for Dennis. Uh, he has 14 goals mm, for this I like team. It. I think specifically make them beat us with somebody else. Carlos Velas, sure. And I will say if Dennis doesn't score a goal, there's not going to – Carlos Vela is not scoring two. So I would I would be a great goal to not let either of them score. I don't think that's likely. But no goals for Dennis would be massive for us. And with that, I'm going to go more specifically on our back line. I, th- I want Roman Berkey to have less than six saves. I don't want him to be relied upon in this game. I think we did well in the Houston game. We need to block shots, lock guys up, win tackles, clear the ball. So I'm going to say in total, no goals for Dennis and no more than five saves for Rome. Like it. Like it. I'm down with that. Good goals. Let's talk really quick before we do. We already did our sponsors, but got to plug the pod here. For anyone listening on YouTube, go do us a favor. Please, for the love of God, like the video. Uh, I know you love looking at our faces. I'm sure it's really nice. Uh, But if you're listening into the pod, uh, also, go rate, go leave us a review. Go check in. Tell tell us how you're feeling today. Uh, we, we love to hear from you all, uh, and it really means a lot to to get those ratings and reviews. So if you like what you're hearing, let us know. Uh, and then finally, Justin, starting 11. You know, rotation will be a theme this week, right? We played on Saturday and then Wednesday and then Saturday again, right? So Carnell's got some tough decisions to make. I think we could be seeing one on the back line. I, I, I for one, think we could be seeing Nelson sit on the bench for this one because of the groin issue, not because of form or anything like that. I, and I could also see potentially a left back switch as well. I think honestly, the back line could change a lot. I still think Parker maintains his place. If I'm going to build my back line right now, if just based on how I saw that game just happening against Houston, I'm going to go back to Markinick on the left back side, but I'm going to sub Yarrow in for Nelson. And then I'm going to put him next to Tim Parker and Honestly, I'm giving Jake the start again. I, I, I am giving Jake the start again. I, I'm not nothing against Akil Watts, but I just think he provided a lot of stability and a lot of threat as well. So I, I'm going to reward him with another go. I'm going to go with, obviously, Berkey. I'm actually going to switch out Markinick. I have not been yeah. overly impressed with him. I think he's done all right, but nothing to where he is really proven to me. I honestly thought, Jake, that he might have been concussed in the Houston game. He took that knock in like the 15th. Yep. I'm not making a joke. I think he got hit, actually hit pretty hard, so... And he's been playing a ton of minutes, so I'm actually going to go in and I'm going to say I'm going to put Nerwinski on the left. I agree with that. I'm going to stay with Nelson and Parker. I think Nelson is going to be fine. 
to still play there. And I'm going to put a Keel Watts on the right. I think, like you said, Nerwinski is playing well right now. Let's put him over there on the left and let's show he's a physical guy. And I would like to see him kind of bully Denny, Dennis, sorry, Bawanga. Um, I am going with Blum and Leuven right in front of them. I think that's already a staple. Do need to see a little bit more out of Blum there, in my opinion. Is there anything else that you would change? One thing to go back really quick. Backline, I do really expect the backline to be very different in this game, so keep an eye out there. I'm going to actually go Leuven Indy on my on my my two midfielders i'm still going back to az up top or either way i'm either going az for blum or az sorry indy for blum or indy for az that you've got to find a place to put indy into this team so that that's my one thing i'll say there i will say so i like that when we whenever you describe this we go with like a four two three one essentially that adds up to 10 okay i would say that i like i want to see i think stroud did well he could stay on the left I'm going to go with Nico in the middle underneath of Joao. And then I'm going to put Indy on the right. Let's let him kind of him and Stroud cut in with the right and left foots and kind of whip balls in that way. So I want to put, um, and Celio just started an upper right. I know we have, we've had like on there a couple of times. Ostrak. I think this time Indy gets that spot and you start with Joao up top and Nico right below. Let's have that connection and get fired back up. I could see Ostrak getting a start too, maybe in place of like Stroud or someone to give it because he's been playing a lot as well. So I, I do expect rotation in this game, but rotation feels a lot better now than it did back then because we have so many more resources available um, to us. So which is nice. By the way, on the Alm point, I, I'm seeing on, on FOTMOB that he is expected back in mid-October. So I don't know when that was announced or what's going on there, um, but it doesn't. It, from what that says, I don't know if we'll see him um for a good month or so here what is, what is going on with this man's abs yeah I, I have no idea it says groin on there but we knew it was abs we heard abs so i don't know trust that with what you will it doesn't really matter for us he's not going to play on wednesday but i think we have a lot of options and i think big boy klaus up top i think you go right back to him man's on form two goals in two games keep it going light it up big buddy now let's talk about predictions bets for the game i'm gonna go two one dub I think we are going to make this a statement win. I think we're riding a good wave right now. And I think we this could be our chance to pounce on LAFC and then really announce ourselves to the league if we haven't already. Um, and my bets for that, uh, the line's looking at plus 145 for actually both us and LAFC, so even odds uh, on that. And then a draw at plus 290. The over 2.5 is set at minus 195. Do not bet the over 2.5. It is way too juicy. That is not fun. And don't bet the under either, but the under is two and a half and it's plus 150 uh, my bet of the game is going to be actually a first half money line i'm going in alignment with our goal and this team needs to win the first half i think to have a legitimate shot at this game and it's plus 195 so i'm not saying put your mortgage on that but sprinkle a little bit of money on there i think that is what this team needs to do to have a chance in this game i would agree i'm going with a three two dub i do think there's gonna be a lot of goals yes that's a juicy over under if you go to the three and a half at the over is plus 130 that just seems like a lot for me. I really hope that we're not giving up um, two goals to them, but I would say it's somewhat likely. If you want to do the Asian line, you can do three at minus 130, and that'll be a push if they only three goals in the game. Not a bad look. I don't really like that. That's still minus money. My absolute hammer on this one, Jake, and it's probably going to be my now biggest bet of the season, which I feel like I've been saying a lot le- uh, recently, but us to score one over one and a half goals is minus 110. I really need to – every time I talk about this, I need to look at, like, how many times we score two goals at home. I feel like that's been an absolute lock. And for this to be minus money, when I think it's minus money for both them and us, we are absolutely scoring two goals in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if we score two goals in the first half, and that gets cleaned up. So we will be in the green if you bet the over one and a half for City specifically. 
Yeah, this team is this team. Yeah, at home is one thing. This team scoring over one and a half at home is another thing. And I think they both happen a lot. I'm just looking at a, a couple of them right now. I don't see a home game since Salt Lake, and Salt Lake's a great away team. Uh, in June, we did not put up two, um, and before that, we put up two most of the time as well. So I think I like that bet. I'll ride with you on that on the city over one and a half there, Justin. Um, but Wednesday is going to be an exceptional night. Everyone bask in it. We are welcoming, you know, the current MLS Cup champions, regardless of how they're doing this season, doesn't matter. This is a chance for us to take that throne and to show them who the boss is heading into the playoffs, where we'll likely, if we're going to make a run, have to beat them as well. So it's a, it's a little dry run, a little rehearsal here. So let's see what the boys are up to. I'm, I'm confident. I know you're confident, Justin. We will be at the pitch on Wednesday to rein this in and have a hell of a night. Um, hopefully City is the one coming off on top. And we'll be back with you after for a recap as well. Hopefully doing some celebratory um, shenanigans. Uh, so look forward to that. We shall see. Uh, until then, everyone have a great week. And we will talk to you on Thursday post-LAFC. All for City. All for City. Thank you.